0: You know what I think? I think that... we're all in our private traps, clamped in them, and none of us can ever get out. We scratch and and claw, but only at the air, only at each other. And for all of it, we never budge an inch.
1: Sometimes we deliberately step into those traps.
0: I was born in mine, I don't mind it anymore. Everybody. Welcome to Generation Loss, the show about movies with me, Bryn, and also Jeremy.
1: What's going on, everybody? <laughs> it's Generation Loss, the show about movies that's with correct. me, Jeremy, and that, Bryn.
0: Yay! <laughs> 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 we've, we've both done it. What if uh, we
1: just do that back and forth for the whole episode? We just that's keep correct. Doing it's, the been intro? Ger-
0: it's been Generation Loss. It's and- <laughs> Generation Loss, folks.
1: I can't stress this enough. This is Generation Loss, the show about movies.
0: As we're often saying, it's Generation Loss, the show about movies.
1: That's right. And uh, we are here in the midst of Hitchcock Month. Uh, we yes. are...
0: we're rolling along with the bald man.
1: We are two, uh, two, two movies in. I would say, actually, we're three movies in, uh, accidentally.
0: How are we um, three? Oh, right. Oh, we, I didn't we, watch it. <laughs>
1: yeah, due to a uh, scheduling snafu that's nobody's fault, uh, we are adding an extra week to Hitchcock yeah. month. <laughs> April is actually now a 38-day uh, month.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, or you 37, know, you, whatever. You wanted it to last a little longer. It's, you know... It's a beautiful weather. The weather yeah, we, has been gorgeous.
1: We're all constantly saying how much we want more April showers. Mhm. There's what? all the time we're clamoring <laughs> for it. The people they beg.
0: <laughs> they say why can't we have slight warm mist all year? They say they why cry
1: can- out for liberation?
0: <laughs> they say I should just move to Seattle. <laughs> they they give
1: secret toasts to the April showers.
0: <laughs> um but yeah, so we had a little bit of a snafu with the guesting, and so we added, uh, because here's the thing, I said last episode that we were going to do mostly ones, like the ones I hadn't seen, mm-hmm. um, instead of the big famous ones, but we decided, why not throw one big famous one in there? One
1: big famous just, one.
0: Just, you gotta do For, one big famous one. Throw
1: them one. a bone, you know, <laughs> the people deserve one big famous one. Actually, we're doing two, we're doing at least two big famous ones. Right. Um, I
0: mean, I guess they're all. Well, we're not doing any. Yeah,
1: I mean, he's. The, the, the Wikipedia pages for these movies are so long that it's like. It, it's impossible to say that there's any Hitchcock that hasn't been analyzed like every single one of these
0: is <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. there I are mean, like
1: five different scholars cited for like themes of the movie <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it, it's a it's a you know it's a downward trend the further back you get like mm-hmm. once you get into the silent stuff it's like only real nerds and like hitchcock heads are going down that rabbit hole and being like absolutely all of this stuff and we're not I doing mean a,
1: a, a comparison that uh I'm sure nobody will be happy that I make it's a lot like Woody <laughs> Allen it's very much like the career I of Woody disagree. Allen where the further back you go it's kind of his less uh famous stuff
0: I guess that's true well there's like a it's a bell curve for woody <laughs> Allen well no it's a <laughs> I guess that's not how bell curves work but
1: no it's like a multi-bell <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: But I Several like, bells. <laughs> I like bananas and sleeper and like. Some oh, the, I love those. I think they're the better ones. Honestly, I, yeah, I
1: think bananas is my favorite Woody Allen. But really, it's it's definitely not the most famous.
0: That's true. Famous um, is like Annie Hall.
1: Yeah, Annie Hall is like the first famous one. Manhattan. And then, then the yeah the the pedophile one.
0: Big pedophile energies. <laughs> um, what are his other really big movies that aren't like in the comeback?
1: Because
0: um, he just kept making movies through the '90s, right?
1: Yeah, it's a, they're very similar trajectories between the two of them. There's so many goddamn movies. the The filmography is forever, but that is not what we talk about in the first half of the movie and or the the <laughs> podcast and 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 Bryn, I think you know this. I, I do think know you this. know. I'm aware the, the first half of the episode, <laughs> and I shouldn't have to remind you. We've been doing this show over a year. The first half of the show is about what else did you watch this week? And Brynn, I am going to ask you that very question. What else did you watch this week? What
0: else did I watch this week? Well, I have a very fun answer to that this week because I watched probably one of the most baffling things I've seen in a long time, which was called Cop Rock. What? Now, Cop Rock, <laughs> <laughs> now, Cop Rock is a show that you may... If you're like really online, you Mm -hmm. may have seen a clip of um, because what it is is a show that aired in 1990. Okay. Created by, I believe, the guy who did Hill Street Blues, LA Law, Doogie Uh Hauser, NYPD Blue. This was right after he did um, Hill Street Blues, I think. And so okay. what happened was, <laughs> he had an idea to do a high concept cop show set in L.A. in 1990, pre Rodney King, right? Mm-hmm. About the LAPD. Also, it's a musical. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was
1: wondering because I was I I looked up like Google image. Uh, to see if I recognize anything from it. And it's like, the first thing you see is like, all the songs from Cop Rock.
0: <laughs> right. So there's been one going around about like, he's guilty or like the jury's like singing like a gospel song. Okay. Um, and I, that's sort of the reason I think people got tipped off. But my friend f- bought the entire DVD collection. There's only 11 episodes. Mm-hmm. Because of course, it got immediately canceled. <laughs> right. Um. But... Okay, so here's the thing. I went into this, which with what you know, what do you think the tone of this show is?
1: <laughs> I'm going to say probably lighthearted. I'm going to say probably it's like uh, more like Brooklyn Nine-Nine than it is like NYPD Blue. <laughs> right.
0: That is exactly what I thought, <laughs> that you would have a very sort of... Light-hearted, like solving and, the and, case, yeah, Columbo-style.
1: With that in mind, I do have at least some evidence that pointed me towards that, which is that I looked up the, um, you know, I looked up the Wikipedia for it, cop rock. And yeah. let me just read some of the titles of episodes here. <laughs> we have a three corpse meal.
0: Oh yes, you do.
1: <laughs> uh, oil of ole, that's uh, ol as in like old without the d. Ole Copophiliac.
0: Oh boy, which I think
1: is like a like a like a pedophile, but for cops,
0: I th- but also <laughs>
1: cop a feel. Um, right. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, no noose is good noose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some real real good uh, good titles here for a Very serious punny. show.
0: <laughs> so what's what's so weird about it is not that, that it's serious because it is. Uh, they claim that it's a dark comedy. Okay. So which i think in a lot of, in a lot of cases and especially in this case is code for not funny <laughs> mm-hmm. um it's a very weird show where the opening is like a straight up here here's the thing about this movie this is like if you put if you just had the wire like the first season of the wire with songs <laughs> okay <laughs> because what's so <laughs> what's so about it
1: it's all just the cheese stands alone scene <laughs>
0: Yeah, like the show opens up with like one of the most like violent, realistic SWAT raids of an all black like crack den. And they're just like beating black people. And then like, it's it's shot handheld and it's like really realistic. And then as they're like carting everyone out, they take a white mother's like baby away from her as she's like no no and screaming and crying. And then and as then they, it's
1: like they're they're walking off just like no one knows what it's like <laughs> to be the bad man.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, they get outside and they've got all these guys in cuffs, and then they start singing like a nineteen nineties rap about like whose streets are streets or something. Oh, so no. it's like <laughs> very political uh and that immediately was strange because if you got a cop musical you think it's going to be like well okay it's the 90s we'll just say it's all fine uh-huh. we're just solving crimes it's a mystery show. No. <laughs> it's a show about corruption and it's a show about racism within the L- LAPD and like oh.
1: And it's critical of it, or is it like...
0: Well, yes, like very. So what's what's so strange about it, not only is that it is a musical, but it's also one of the first shows I've ever seen, like chronologically, that just keeps going. It's not episodic, in like it's not serialized, it's not murder mm. of the week. It's like this one guy in the first episode, a black guy kills a cop, and then that guy's death is just like the whole arc of the whole first four episodes. (laughs) Like it just like you would miss, you would not know what the fuck was going on if you didn't watch them in order. And Uh I thought that that was like an HBO thing. Like, before that, it was like Dallas and Twin Peaks.
1: Right, yeah, and yeah, yeah. It.
0: Oh, and Twin Peaks is after. So right, it's like...
1: and then, I mean, generally, like, soap operas would have done that. and like, Sure, yeah. I mean, you know, sitcoms would have, like, a through line for a season, but not, like, like, you don't have to watch the last episode to get what's happening this episode. Right. But there will be, like, things that are, you know... Continuing to happen
0: or whatever. But there's a previously on every episode. <laughs> like, because you have to know. There's a whole thing with, like, the mayor trying to fund more prisons because the that chief of the LAPD is, like, a literal, like, cowboy-obsessed fascist. Okay, here's where I took a turn on this is a stupid show that was an obvious mistake to mm. where this was an ahead-of-its-time kind of masterpiece. (laughs) I mean, it's bad. It's not good. It's like... Right, right, right. It it was a TV guide (laughs) called it like the worst show of all time. Um, But in the, I think, third episode... There, the the deputy or the chief of police of Los, of the LAPD has a dream like a fever dream where he's like riding a horse through like a black neighborhood in LA uh-huh. <laughs> like being the sheriff and singing right, about right. how he like needs to keep these like savages in line and it's like insane <laughs> like it's clearly critical right it's like it's it's definitely being like the person who runs this thinks of himself as like a frontiersman who like needs to conquer the world right um and it's like done in a little like like dun 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 song <laughs> like an old-timey right, 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 <laughs> cowboy right. song uh but oof, it's it's uh really something <laughs> that's <don't> fascinating know. <laughs> you
1: know what it reminds me of uh is um Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is a show that, like, that. if you were to describe the, like, the logline of it is, it's a musical comedy show about a woman who uh, leaves her life in New York to move to California to be close to her, her uh, ex-boyfriend who she wants to get closer with, okay. right? But what ends up happening, and it, and it's a musical, right? So every episode has musical numbers in it, usually okay. two. Um And at first, it's, like, kind of what you expect it to be, which is kind of, like, a goofy, you know, like, network sitcom. So, it's, you know, it's on ABC. So, it's, like, Mm -hmm. a network sitcom. And um, it has that sort of vibe to it. But then what ends up transpiring over the course of the series is, like, you get deeper and deeper into her character and her, like, psychosis and, like her her issues and whatever that led her to like abandon her life in New York and move to California and mm-hmm. so then like by the end of the series you have like multiple times she's been institutionalized she's like been through several different <laughs> doctors who have tried to help her she's tried to kill herself multiple times and this is all in a musical comedy <laughs> That never stops having goofy numbers, <laughs> like even during the suicide <laughs> attempts, like the those episodes have like a silly number almost as if to like, you know, cut it with something to be like, uh, we can give you something else right. Hang on.
0: <laughs> it's it's definitely the for the progenitor to that. like it's 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 something. Okay, but here's the, uh, the, the biggest problem, I think, where it's actually bad is, first of all, all of the songs are written by Randy Newman. <laughs> uh, what? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: like the Toy Story guy. This <laughs> just keeps getting better. <laughs> yeah. And so the thing about it is, like, it seems like the people writing the songs and choosing which story beats get the songs were not mm. talking to the actual writers of the show. Mm-hmm. Um So every song feels like it's the exact wrong moment. Like, it's not like, cause there's like a cup, it's an ensemble show, right? Like there's a couple, like uh, two cops that are cheating on their spouses with each other. Mm -hmm. And then there's a ton of other stuff going on. One of their spouses, like as a big fat guy who like keeps trying to go on a diet that gets a song where he's just like trying to lose weight. Yeah, Um, And then like, the two cops get a song, but it's just about them, like, investigating another person's house and being like, I want to be rich or something. And it's like, wait, do they want to be rich? <laughs> uh, uh, so all of the song. very rarely do you get a song that's like, oh, this is revealing of a person's character. It's moving the beats along. It's moving the story along. It- it's sometimes it's just like everything stops so there can be a musical number. Uh-huh. I would say that's mostly how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh my then the, God. and then the song is usually just like nonsense and doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I have to
1: watch all of this. This I, is I, so fascinating. Well, that's <laughs> the thing.
0: Okay, so we watched one episode and I was like, wow, this sucks. This is uh-huh. one of the worst things I've ever seen. And then after four episodes i was like i'm watching all of it like i have to see everything because it just keeps getting stranger Mm -hmm. and the choices they make like okay by the fourth episode those two uh i think a different couple no no that same cop couple are going undercover to buy a baby (laughs) (laughs) Uh, because there's a underground black market baby selling ring of course yeah and the song there is that the the guy who's the representative of the baby dealer, he sings a song called I'm the Baby Merchant.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the big problem in LA in the early 90s. Yeah.
0: Selling babies, uh, which is a hilarious... It kind of reminds me of Mr. Cellophane from Chicago. He's like, I'm the baby merchant. Right, <laughs> so, right, right, It's like very vaudevillian. <laughs> anyway, it's so bizarre. It's it, it It needs to be watched, I think, by more people just so I can like... People can I, yeah, share I, in this. This I have insanity. to watch it. I have no choice, unfortunately, but <laughs> it's to watch so this. So crazy. Um, so yeah, I, I was struck by what this is.
1: That's fascinating.
0: Because you would, like I said before, you would think it's a cheesy, really not worth watching, like '90s try-it comedy, and mm-hmm. then it just kind of falls flat. But it the 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 fact that they were trying to do something that wasn't done until a decade later with the wire of like actually take a look at policing in America. And then they were also like, let's make it a musical. Yeah. We're going to have to
1: gussy this up somehow.
0: (laughs) It feels like it's from a different world. I don't know. It's (laughs) fucking insane. (laughs) Anyway, what did you watch this week? Uh,
1: so I watched two things this week I wanted to talk about. Um, one is, uh, are you familiar with, there's an old folk standard called uh, the Big Rock Candy Mountain. You may know it from the beginning I of do, Oh yeah. Brother, Where Art Thou? um classic song about like a hobo heaven right and it's Mm -hmm. just like a cute little song about like hey in the big rock candy mountain you know we don't have to work and uh the cops are all fucking dumb and they do we could get (laughs) away from them and whatever (laughs)
0: railroad bulls are blind
1: yeah yeah, it's the the cops all have wooden legs and the bulls have rubber teeth whatever the point is uh it's all this sort of like cute sort of stuff that's like uh, what a hobo would think of heaven is yeah uh so I, I sing that to Nico sometimes, and uh, it's like a cute little song to sing him, right? And um, I remembered somewhere in the back of my head that there was a cartoon that they had made of it. The Looney Tunes mm. had made like a cartoon version of it, and so I was looking for it on like YouTube. Like an um,
0: animated music video or something? Yeah,
1: essentially, yeah. It's just like, uh, but I don't think they do the music, though. I think it's just like a prospector character being like, in the Big Rock Candy Mountains, uh-huh. and then they like okay. show it happen and whatever. And so I was trying to find it. I could not find that, but what I did find was a uh, short, like, film thing that they would have put, like, in a movie or whatever, and you know, maybe, like, a Nickelodeon or whatever uh, back mm-hmm. in the day of Harry McClintock, who is the purported writer of the song, uh, doing, like, his own, like, a live action version of it, right? Okay. Um, and I have to tell you, it is the funniest thing I've ever seen because <laughs> of the fact that, like, you know it it begins its life as this charming hobo paradise song and then to like seemingly in in an effort to make this like reach a wide audience in the you know 40s or whenever this thing was made they were like well your average movie goer doesn't understand the hobo experience they're not going to care if like the railroad bulls are blind you know right. so like how are we going to do it for them so he like changes all the lyrics to basically just be like in the big rock candy mountain, you get laid all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the women just all they want to do is fuck and serve you) <laughs>
0: There's what? nothing else to it. But that. It's just about coming.
1: It's <laughs> literally just like in the Big Rock Candy Mountain the women serve you. <laughs>
0: In the Big Rock Candy Mountain You always get your dick sucked
1: What's great What's great is I like, still present it The way that like aesthetically It would be so it's like hobos around a fire Like cutting a bean in half To eat it between them oh. like, One of them like puts a bindle down And he's like fellas let me tell you about The magic Big Rock Candy Mountain Where your dick Is always sucked <laughs> The condoms
0: grow on trees.
1: But we ignore them because you don't need
0: them. You can dig up dildos. Pussies grow out of the rocks. Yeah, the big rock candy mountain.
1: You can fuck a dog and it's not
0: weird. They love it. They love it and so does
1: society.
0: It's just about a horny shit. That's so crazy. (laughs) <laughs> it's
1: really bizarre. I highly recommend looking it up if you know the original song. Yeah, send it to me. Um, so the other thing I wanted to talk about, which I just learned that you also watched this week, is yeah. uh, the HBO miniseries "Q: Into the Storm."
0: Right. Well, which we I had out... talked
1: to you about when we hung out the <laughs> other day, and I'm glad that you watched it because I really didn't want to be just like alone talking about it. I'm really happy that we could just talk about it. Uh, what did you did you like it? I really loved it.
0: So I thought it was. Um really fun as like a documentary and mm-hmm. um in the sort of like way i like uh you know i liked making a murderer and any other yes. like netflix whodunit documentary those things mm-hmm. are great um and i thought just in terms of him as a documentarian and filmmaker like was better like hot, like head and shoulders like felt like it took itself at once seriously but had enough sort of, I don't know, not tongue-in-cheekness, but it, it it knew that it was insane what he was talking about. Right. And I, I felt like it was a lot of fun in that way, where it wasn't like, this is so dark and so politically serious that, like, the world has been taken over by these evil people. You know, like, right. it could have been tonally much more annoying. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was glad it, it was sort of just like, this is all just idiots, you know, s- scrounging for power and i'm yes. just talking to them trying to get what's actually going on out of mm-hmm. them
1: so that was kind of how i presented it to you a little bit was like it's it it almost feels more akin to tiger king than it does to like oh, the sure. comey note or whatever the fuck that <laughs> movie is called with all you know like it, it it i appreciate so much that it's not like this is grim and serious and these people are loose in this world and uh, you know like yeah yeah. I I was thinking about this how I was hoping that we were going to do the birds this week because then Medecker would be on I wanted to talk to Medecker about this Mm -hmm. because it was two years ago I guess at his birthday that we found a um like a wheat pasted sign outside the venue he was, (laughs) was at that bowling alley in Greenpoint right uh gutter yeah, 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 got her. Mm-hmm. Um, and across the street from it, there was a wheat-pasted sign that was a picture of JFK Jr. And if you got really <laughs> Wait, close to it... the real one or it, the fake one? The, the real one. It was a real picture of J Or, a, you know, an illustration of JFK Jr. Mm-hmm. And you get up close to it, and, like, right on his ear, as if it was an earring, is a cue, right? Right. And uh, I remember we were outside uh, smoking cigarettes or something and Christman had seen it from across the way and we all went over there and we were looking at it. We got really up close. We saw the queue and it was like this like really like we were having so much fun. And I remember (laughs) it so fondly as like as like this era where it was like really fun to know about q and like it was like a cute yeah. little thing that we were like wow these wacky idiots are like really into this stupid <laughs> thing and just thinking back to that we talked about it with Kaplitz that time that it's like back in the day with like incels it was really fun to know about incels and now it's like and you've been beaten over the head with it so much and like the mainstream media has like turned it into this like scary awful thing that's going right. to take down humanity and like <laughs> now it's not fun to know about anymore mm-hmm. and i kind of like what i really liked about uh, into the storm is it kind of like brought that feeling back to me. Like I felt like joy to be like <laughs> learning QAnon stuff again. And I was like, this is really fun. It's fun to like look back on it and to to present it as it was back then, which is like just a silly, stupid thing that you can look at and be like, wow, look at these idiots who like this. This is hilarious. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Sure. I, I, what I, I thought it definitely melds those, like that together with um, a sense that, this actually does go all the way to the top. Right. And that's also stupid and funny. Mm -hmm. Exactly. We have to understand that this is what power actually is. Mm -hmm. is just lying to people. Yes. Uh, And it like seeing people who are just like good at lying or just like psychopaths who are just like in all other ways, completely untrustworthy freaks Mm -hmm. just Create an image for themselves online, where like your mom will, you know, just like follow them on Twitter and be like, "Oh, they're telling the truth." Yeah, that's Code (laughs) Monkey. They're they're talking
1: important. They're
0: talking truth to power. Like, is it's depressing at once, but it's also so funny.
1: (laughs) It's really funny, and it's (laughs) I appreciate that the documentary never makes it not funny. Like, the only time it ever gets not funny. Is like right at the end when it's like, and then the capital thing happens. And I actually think that they really presented that very well. It was probably the best edit I've seen of that before, where they do it with um the you know, the uh into the whatever the fuck that Jefferson airplane song is, the, you oh, know, White, the Rabbit song. White Rabbit song. Um where they like play that over it and you just watch it kind of come together. And it's, like, really enjoyable because it's not through the lens of, like, this is dangerous for democracy, but rather it's, like, this is how out of hand this stupid thing got.
0: You know what <laughs> right. I mean? Like, it's yeah, not... Yeah, because that's the truth. The truth of it is, is that it was, you know, it's clearly... It's this weird
1: anime guy with the, with the you know, the hammer standing at the top of the mountain swinging a hammer at fake bears. <laughs> a and mochi like this, hammer. Yeah, a mochi <laughs> hammer. And, and who, like, sits cross-legged in, like, a, you know, in a... a a meditation position in front of his Evangelion blow up doll.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it's also like, okay, so this is my biggest problem with the show is that like they, they showed some pretty good evidence that at one time, almost certainly Roger Stone and Bannon and general Finn were involved. Mm -hmm. Like there. And then it sort of like falls by the wayside. Where they're right. like, well, probably only Ron is doing this because the, he does have like, so t- big spoilers, I guess. But like the 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 kind of end of the movie is like him basically getting Ron to admit yeah, that he has posted his cue in multiple again, times. In <laughs> a
1: hilarious way. Yeah. Like the funniest possible ending to this is him just being like, oh, but I'm not Q. Yes. <laughs> like after saying all of this shit and just being like oh but I I'm not Q.
0: Yeah, this is what I've always been doing anonymously except now I get yeah, to yeah. do it now as I get to myself. do it
1: publicly because I don't have to pretend to be this person anymore and blah blah blah. Anyway, not not like in a Q way though. <laughs>
0: yeah, I didn't do the Q <laughs> thing though. And it's like, yeah, obviously he posted his Q and that's yeah. but I think what what I didn't like about it was there's really no evidence that he's not in communication with Bannon or Roger Stone or General Sland anymore. It just like he, like he showed him evidence that Bannon was like tweeting at one point. And it's like, that guy doesn't live in Los Angeles. And there, -hmm. uh, there were pictures tweeted from the Q account from Los Angeles. So either Ron was spoofing and getting pictures from Bannon or Roger Stone
1: Right. I think that was kind of the implication the whole time was it's like these guys are like it it kind of it presents itself interestingly because it's like he says like these guys are definitely involved because like there's stuff that he couldn't have faked. Right. There's like the picture from the plane where it's like, yeah, that's I mean, that has to be real that somebody had to give that to him. And he even says like, you know, some stuff in here like he shows you that, like, ex-military guy who's clearly feeding info to that guy, and mm-hmm, yeah. there definitely is a cooperation, and you can see at the end when, like, the two start feeding into each other, like, Q is feeding into Trump, and Trump is feeding into Q, and it clear, clearly they're in lockstep, so there is communication happening there. Absolutely. But I think what's interesting is that he shows you that, and then he's like, but also, like, I'm just a documentarian. I can't get access to these guys. The people I can get access to are these guys. Yeah, so these I'll show dumb- you these guys. Well, I think he tries, and and you know, what's he going to do? Bannon's just like, I'm not talking to you. And he's like, all right.
0: <laughs> well, I think, and that's what I think is really important. That I wish was sort of, I wish was a little more clear because I think to me this is how cia ops work like even Mm -hmm. at almost the highest levels like ron probably doesn't know this isn't cia exactly but like this is how federal operations like psychological operations work where ron might not even necessarily know he's working for what agency you know, right. like he just knows that he's helping influence the president and he's working off a power trip to p- protect his power. But mm-hmm. someone's controlling him, too, and guiding that. And I don't right. think January 6th would have happened without, like, you know, the Trump team or whoever was, in, you know, whoever's sort of guiding it being like, okay, and that storm is going to be on January 6th and we're all going to do it and the Trump is going to say this and then they're all going to go. You know what I mean? yeah, like, yeah. And then there was definitely people at the Pentagon who said, uh, don't send to the National Guard. Don't worry about it. Right. <laughs> like, so it's like, it's a little bigger than that, but like, not much. And I think tying that all together would have been nice. But mm-hmm. I think you get it all from the information if you're yeah. paying attention.
1: And it's worth noting just, uh, you know, on a just kind of smaller level here, like, people who are considering watching this one of the most interesting things about it is how much access he has to Ron and Jim Watkins yeah. and how and many different times throughout like the past couple of years something big is happening and he shows you it through the lens of like oh and I'm here with the guys who are more or less like you know on the pulse this, of this yeah. <laughs> you know like whether or not they're controlling it it's like the fact that he's with ron watkins the day after the Christchurch shooting is wild that yeah. really blew my fucking mind that he's there <laughs> and you're like i can't even remember that that was within the queue time that's nuts
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then like when ron's like afraid he's gonna get arrested by the cops and stuff he's like mm-hmm. there it's pretty crazy uh the access he had was insane <laughs> yeah and um, it's also
1: another fun thing about it and and then we can move on uh but something that I really enjoy about it is how often he's willing to like take the air out of something and be like it's not that serious you know like mm-hmm. when he's um when he's helping Fred escape the Philippines and like yeah, you know, the the stakes are life and death, but I think he's he's very uh refreshingly willing to be like but like we were pretty comfortably getting out of the country. Right. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't <laughs> like we're not like the cops aren't chasing us to the plane exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's it's an interest his that's what I was saying, trying to say before, is that his like his uh
1: his sensibility as a, sensibilities a, as is a very filmmaker cool. Because
0: he's like, you know, in that footage where they're trying to escape the Philippines like mm-hmm. they're both really scared yeah, yeah. but like in a in the real way where even in the in a very scary situation you're sort of making light of it and yeah, he yeah. doesn't try and take that out of the reality so no, everything the great thing we're both
1: probably thinking of the same scene where they're in the van going between the terminals and he's like, hey, this is pretty wild, huh? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to probably put some like really intense uh, uh reality show music behind it. And he's like, yeah, yeah that'll work.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're like... Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, and they, then they it, turn like,
1: the music off for him to say that, and then they turn it back and
0: on. And it's that, yeah. It's like, dun, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Uh Yeah, and it's like, yeah, I think it's a really well... It's just a really well-made piece of film. Um And I think probably the best and most true thing we're gonna get from the government you know like it's the best explanation we're gonna get of what Q was Mm -hmm. hopefully was but the best
1: quality piece we're gonna get about it too because I mean like as much as I like QAnon Anonymous this blows it out of the water and they've been doing that show for years
0: right I mean they would they I haven't I just listened to them
1: talking to the guy and like even (laughs) they are like you really just like I can't even believe we even did the show
0: (laughs) could have just waited for the movie yeah <laughs> yeah but they're in it too so whatever they get to yeah, yeah they get to have that fun too all right so yeah watch it it's good um, watch it it's very worth it even if you just it, even if you already know this the uh the end um but anyway let's talk about what we watched this week
1: yes alfred hitchcock's 1960 absolute classic probably the most famous movie he did right gotta be
0: I would say at this point it's gotta be far and away his most beloved film.
1: Yeah, okay. Uh Psycho. Nineteen sixties Psycho. Mm-hmm. Um you I'm sure you've s i am sure you have mean you've seen this probably a million
0: times, this, right? Uh you know, less than you might have think. I, I definitely had seen it before, mm-hmm. maybe twice. I think. This might have been the third time I'd ever watched it. Okay. Um But it's definitely one of those things where this was the first time I watched it being like unsurprised because Mm -hmm. I think I watched the think the last time I watched it. I was like surprised again by how modern it feels and how, um, you know, just like the opening and how quickly it moves. And just like uh, this time I was like remembering every single beat. Um, So, yeah, I've seen it enough. How about you? (laughs)
1: I had never seen it before. What? <laughs> isn't that crazy? I've never seen it. Yeah.
0: This is the first time you watch it? Mm-hmm. What the fuck?
1: <laughs> yeah, isn't that wild? <laughs> never seen it before. Oh, yeah. man. Um,
0: okay. That's yeah. crazy.
1: And that's what's so funny about it, too, is like... You know, I tweeted this joke the other day that was, like, <laughs> watching Psycho, like, don't stop there, lady, it's the motel from Psycho. Yeah. That's what it felt like for me, because I literally was like, I know everything in this movie, and I've never seen it
0: before. <laughs> All right, well, I'm so excited. Okay, well, let's quickly do a recap uh, of, of uh, the movie. So, the movie begins. It's a, a post Haze Code movie, so it's very racy. Um, our main character, Miriam. Miriam? Sure. <laughs> uh she is uh fucking this guy uh out of wedlock big scandalist, um but, but they're not cheating
1: on anybody they no, just, they're just aren't they're just, married they're
0: just like meeting up in their apartments and having you know casual sex and uh he's like, I really like you. And she was like, well, maybe someday. And, (laughs) and she's like casual, doesn't give a shit. She works at some like real estate company or whatever. And, uh, she's like a secretary. So she goes to her work after, you know, hanging out with her boyfriend. And, um, this, Big asshole, like Texas, Arizona kind of guy is like, I'm yeah, buying yeah. a house with cash. Here's $40,000. Big, big stack
1: of cash <laughs> here and, to pay for a house for my daughter. She's getting married. Yeah. Anyway, I'll be in the office out of sight of the money. <laughs> Sipping the whiskey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so she basically gets the bright and he's the her boss is like, I don't want that kind of cash even yeah, over the weekend. Don't have that cash. Go fucking put it in the bank and go home. Like, just, just get yeah, it over absolutely. with and she
1: and- she does the reasonable thing for 1960 i think Yes. Like you're in a time period where like there's no such thing as a surveillance camera. There's no such thing as any sort of surveillance at all. There's no GPS tracking. There's no GPS. You know, DB Cooper fucking just walked away. You know what I mean? Like he jumped <laughs> out of an airplane and nobody ever found him.
0: Yeah. Uh so he goes so she goes and she uh drives away and never comes back. It's her plan yeah. basically. She steals $40,000 and then leaves. And on her way there, a couple things happen. She almost gets caught by a cop. She changes cars and very poorly drives away, but still gets away because it's, again, 1960, and there's no surveillance. Yeah. And so she gets caught in the rain and goes to a hotel called the Bates Motel. Yeah. She meets Anthony Perkins, whose name is Norman Bates. Um, and he's like, uh, you know, a little bit of a weird yeah, guy. Yeah, you may
1: know him from the Talking Heads song. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, that, that famous... A uh, far, 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 far better song, <laughs> um, and uh, he, she's like, he base. She, she finds out that his mother lives in the house on the hill across the way from the motel, and he's like, I have to take care of my mom, even though it's hard. I don't like to be here. I'm very lonely. Um, weird tension going on. Uh, he, she berates him for being attracted to her, and she overhears that, yeah. and the the mother. Is like fuck her, she's a slut. Yeah, and get rid of her, get her out of here. Yeah, yeah. And so she's like, okay, you know, this is really weird. I'm just gonna take a shower and go to bed. He's like, all right, have a good night. And she takes a shower, of course. Famous shower scene. She, yeah, she yeah gets, it's another uh, one
1: of those scenes where you're like, don't go in there. That's the shower. <laughs>
0: yeah, the mother uh stabs her to death. Then uh, he Dorman Bates long. Very patient, really cl-
1: long scene cleanup
0: yeah. scene where he's scrubbing down the shower, making sure everything's <laughs> put away, puts her body in the car, puts the car into the swamp. It yeah. takes a long time, and pretty then-
1: obvious he's done this before. This yeah. is not his first time doing it. Mm-hmm.
0: And then, uh, yeah, very calmly doing all that cleaning up after his mother. And then, uh, let's see, um, oh, a private investigator is, um
1: Looking for her because she ran off with the money,
0: right? And then he's looking for her all over the town. He finds her sister and her boyfriend, and yeah. they're both looking for her. Um, the boyfriend doesn't seem to realize she's been missing because they live in separate cities. the s- The sister is like she stole forty thousand dollars, and we're all trying to find her. He's like, "Oh shit!" So they sort of all three team up. The um, public in- the private investigator, goes finds. Traces her back to the Bates Motel, um, and then gets killed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the sister and the guy, you know, he had phoned her and be like, I think I found a lead here. She was here last. And they're like so they go up and follow her, but they can't find what happened to him. Uh so they check in as man and wife, um, try to search all the rooms. They find a little ledger she she had written that Norman Bates uh missed, and they're like, Oh, she was here. Um, something seems like because she got hurt or something and yeah, so they're they, like
1: gonna go question the mom and so the the woman goes inside while the man distracts norman yep and uh, a whole bunch of like tense scenes she goes down in the basement where she finds surprise it's a fucking corpse the yep. mom isn't real and then she turns around and who's there but norman bates in a dress and then oh, no. um, the 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 guy the boyfriend character uh disarms him they arrest him and then the the end of the movie is really weird. It's just like a psychiatrist just like explaining yeah. all of it. Yeah. So <laughs> he's like, anyway, he's a transvestite and
0: uh <laughs> Well no, you know, he says he's not. The guy's like, Well, he's a transvestite. Well, he says it
1: at first like he doesn't he doesn't let that go, you know. This is a Hitchcock movie, so he is gonna take the time <laughs> to say something fucked up. So he's like, he's a transvestite. Actually, just kidding. <laughs>
0: yeah he's like no he just thinks he's his mother sometimes so he's dressing like his mother like his mother would he's split personality guy he killed all of the people because of his mother's jealous rage or whatever yeah and uh, then we get a nice shot of norman staring at the camera and his mother's voice playing over in his head we to to show you that the psychiatrist knows what he's talking about and is explaining the truth to you. And then the very last shot is the cops pulling the car out of, um, out of the muck. So he's going to get doubly convicted and all the evidence will happen. And yeah, it's all over. So Mm -hmm. that's the end of the movie psycho. Um, Yeah, so what did you think?
1: (laughs) Fascinating, fascinating movie. Obviously, fantastic. Very, very good. Uh, Uh Much, much, much better than... um, Notorious? uh, uh, Yeah, Notorious. Uh, Wildly better, of course. Um, I would say so. uh, Like, one of the most interesting things to me, I think, is that the iconic murder happens halfway through the movie. And... There was a point where I was just like, "Well, now what?" You know, there's no <laughs> other characters. Like, we've met everybody who we're gonna meet, and yeah. uh, you start watching him clean up, and it starts taking a while. And I, I literally turned to Mo and I was just like, "Is this just like the rest of the movie? Is this gonna be him cleaning up?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> Had she seen it before? Uh,
1: I don't think so. I think we both hadn't seen it. <laughs> okay. Um, and yeah, I I appreciate like the the pacing of it a lot. Like, I yeah. like that they didn't. I mean, like the slasher didn't really exist yet, so there's not a lot it's of those. This movie you know...
0: invented the slasher, yeah, like, more it's or a... less.
1: Like, although we had posited that maybe uh, Night of the Hunter had invented the slasher. Oh yeah, yeah. Um,
0: sort of similar, but uh, it's but, much more uh, crazy.
1: But like, the, yeah, I, I appreciate that. There's no like, you know. Uh, uh, you don't have that feeling of needing to have like your laughs per minute you know you don't have to like have your kills that like keep the <laughs> au- like you you don't have to uh-huh. th- what is it in um, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac how he has to keep the wall wet
0: Yeah, you know yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't have to keep the wall wet yet like, you can <laughs> the, have a kill the and then are have come out of a wall. half an hour before the next one <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah uh, well and also you don't have to have a kill till halfway through the goddamn movie because nobody yeah. knew what this fucking movie was gonna be and yeah nobody was knew so they scared. needed a
1: kill yet
0: <laughs> yeah. nobody now they, had that now in their now slashers
1: open like um like youtube videos how like youtube videos all have like some shit from like half an hour into the video that they show right at the top before they put the title cards you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about they just have like a funny thing that they can drop before the title card happens like fail army I don't know what that is, but like the okay. the same sort of, like I'm sure we're thinking of the same thing where they have to show you a joke and then show you the title and then start the video. Yeah. Now yeah. nowadays, like slasher movies, they have to show you a kill and then the title card and and that first kill unrelated has nothing to do with the rest of the movie at all. Just to get you, to, just to get the it's, uh, the it's a boosh, you yeah. know.
0: <laughs> the amusing boosh. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is okay. So, yeah. This is one of those movies that when I first saw it, I was like, oh movies from the 60s can be sick. You mm-hmm. know, like, there's a certain level of, like, mod. Like, this movie aged really well be- in a certain way because it feels like, uh, first of all, the titles are already so ahead of their yeah. time. Holy
1: shit. The lettering in this movie is wild. Yeah. Yes. The title cards are so, so, so cool. And, and like believe... that music is wild.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and i oh yeah. And the music feels so, it feels like a Johnny Greenwood kind of thing, you know, like it's really, yeah, uh, I think it's Saul Bass, um, who did the titles, um, who is very famous for doing, uh, amazing titles and only directed like one movie. Yeah, he did it. Um, he does like movie posters and stuff. Look him up. He's great. Um, his movie is really insane too. But um yeah, everything just feels so iconic already, you know? I mean, they probably at the time it did too, but I was reading about it and it it seems like this movie was seen as like basically what happens when the Hayes code goes away. Cuz mm-hmm. if you don't know, listener, the Hayes code was basically a compromise that the um that the studios made with the law with the government, because they didn't want to be like literally censored and they're right. like, well, we'll censor ourselves um, and we'll write our own guidelines and then submit them for approval or whatever. And that at a certain point, and I'm not, I've really, I learned this in film school. It doesn't really matter why, but at a certain point they just stopped. <laughs> they were mm-hmm. like, we don't have to do this anymore. It's, um, <laughs> I think it was like a Supreme Court ruling. Um, and then they replaced that with the MPAA, which was like, you can show anything, but we're going to rate it. Right, and, um, and that's a whole different thing, different conversation. But this was the first, one of the first movies that was like post Hayes code that people were like, see, it's just going to be fucking this. It's going to yeah, be yeah, violence. Every movie is going to be
1: all id all the time. It's going to
0: be all tits and blood. Yeah, um, and they weren't wrong, I guess. But <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, this movie opens with a woman in a bra after premarital sex, which is a big deal at the time. This is yeah. the first film that has a, a shot of a toilet. Um okay. she, it's not she's not peeing in the toilet or anything. She just like yeah, yeah. she writes on a ledger like how <laughs> this is the funny part. She writes on a ledger how much seven hundred minus forty thousand is. It's like Yeah, which can't is very funny. <laughs> yeah, that's and not then, mental math for you. And then she rips it up and puts it in the toilet. Except Isn't for she one. literally
1: piece. like the money person at the real yeah. estate company she works
0: at. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm that I have some sort of disease, but I uh <laughs> I think I could do that too if I yeah. thought about it for a second. Um but yeah, she uh they she throws in the toilet. And also she's naked in the shower scene and mm-hmm. people there's a you funny You don't see anything though. There's a funny story about the MPIA, like saying that half of the judges were like I saw a tit and then <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock like took the print back and was like I'll change it and they didn't change anything and gave it back and the other half was like I saw a tit <laughs> and they're like no I don't think it's in there anymore <laughs> so it's just like everyone was projecting these like you know seeing more than they did because if you watch the shower scene now it it's very tame you can hardly yeah, yeah, see yeah. anything
1: you see like her back kind of yeah that's it yeah, you don't see like her butt or anything like Wait, Yeah. I yeah, it, it's um it's interesting. It's it's like the raciness of it is so funny. It's like it, I nothing is tamer than this. Like I literally like watching it the whole time I'm just like so are we ever going to see him like stab somebody or are we going to just like keep seeing like like sort of not real, like it, it's like you know what it is. It's like the the stabbing version of those like Cinemax softcore porns, where like the you ever watch like the the you know like the plot heavy softcores like uh like Lord of the G string, like that sort of thing that would be mm-hmm. on Cinemax at night, and they would like pantomime sex like so far away (laughs) that you're just like you're like i don't know what what are you like fucking her knee like what is this
0: (laughs) what am i looking at soft (laughs) core shit
1: like even as a teenager you're like this is this isn't what that looks like i have to know that
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's a lot of like tricks you know Mm -hmm. like all like for example when the uh private investigator gets killed it's like he gets pushed down the stairs. I guess. Yeah, I was
1: wondering about that. Do you think he was on like some sort of a like dolly that like kind of like lowers him down the stairs?
0: I guess so. He must have. They must have built some sort of like track because he's just falling in slow motion. I guess. Yeah. Um, and then like he's got blood on his face and he's it's, looks cool. um, yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, I love really the cool. shot from above out of the room down the stairs when mm. the you know Norman comes out dressed as his mom and then and then it cuts to that like it's funny because Hitchcock isn't doing as much of his like fun camera stuff it's like right very he's very subtle. restrained yeah it, it it is uh technically interesting if you're like paying attention but there's no like big pieces of like you know lights going no, the big out pieces
1: and, are like they're very it's like it's cute the big pieces you know it's like yeah. uh um Like, the the shower scene has, like, a shot that's just, like, staring down the barrel of the fucking shower, and you see all the water come out, and you're just like, what, did he ruin the camera? How did you do that? How did he do it?
0: Yeah, but you wouldn't think about it unless you're, like, thinking about how you make a movie. Right. Like, when it's just, like, a shower. It's stuff you've never seen before if you're in 1960, but, you know, I don't know. But did
1: that blow people's minds? Do you think, like, people were watching it, and they were like, whoa, what? Shower? How'd you do that?
0: (laughs) I, I think the, I think it blew people's minds because people were sure they saw like the knife enter her body. You know mm. what I mean? Like the way it's edited is like they were sure they saw like bloody fucking murder. When really right. it's like if you watch it now, it's just quick shots of like a knife going like down. near a body (laughs) but it like clearly isn't the sort of violence it's like
1: it's stomping near the body to make it sound like you're like punching them or whatever
0: (laughs) yeah exactly um and it feels honestly this time watching it it, like that scene in particular felt so tame that it was Mm -hmm. almost like not scary it also happens really fast a lot faster than i thought like the tension doesn't build up as much as i thought it did um it was weird watching it for the third time kind of knowing every beat and like remembering every mm-hmm. um every plot point and and shot um but there's still really cool stuff like right after she gets stabbed uh like there's a sh- slow zoom into the drain and then like right as it becomes like a um, Almost the entire screen is a black hole. It oh yeah, cuts it's a little to her,
1: transition to her, to her eye. eye,
0: and then like that zooms back out. That's cool. I thought there's a lot of fun stuff in it. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Something I'm interested in is uh, plot-wise. Like they just completely forget about the money. Like halfway through, they're just like, in any way, whatever. <laughs> like you're not really interested in that anymore.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, they mention at the end. there's like, and the money is like. And it's in the swamp you know yeah, like, yeah but we don't i don't know do we see norman actually putting it in the car with her like the newspaper yeah
1: uh-huh
0: okay well that's, he grabs there you go. the
1: newspaper it's like the last thing he notices um he sees the newspaper and he throws it in the car um i was thinking like <laughs> it ends like um you know, it's it's doing all the, you know, the like. And anyway, he's a transsexual. Just kidding. No, he's not. He just has a split <laughs> personality. And that just about wraps the whole thing up. And then somebody's like, but wait a minute. What happened to all that money? And then it plays like the Ocean's Eleven music. It's like,
0: burr, 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 burr. and you see the whole
1: movie over again. And like secretly, like somebody like cuts a hole and like steals the safe through the back or something.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, that's not what happened. Uh, <laughs> But, no, um, but it's
1: just waterlogged at the bottom of a swamp.
0: <laughs> the one thing we should talk about, though, is fucking Anthony Perkins' performance, which mm. feels like it is out of a different era. Like, yes, yes. I feel like yes. he is. So, Anthony Perkins was in other stuff. You know, he was a. Um, he was. This wasn't his first movie or anything, but for whatever reason, I've seen him in other stuff and he doesn't act like this. Mm-hmm. Um, he's sort of a more you know, of his time kind of actor. But in this movie it seems like he got transported to the future and is like acting so naturalistic and everyone else is acting like it's the sixties, you know, and just sort of right. reciting their lines.
1: Which is something we said about um about Notorious also is that the 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 what's her name, Ingrid Bergman yeah. Same sort of thing. It's just like she's from a different time and everybody else is where they're supposed to be.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but there's just stuff def- In this movie, like he says, yeah, and like um, a lot Uh in a way that no one else does. I was like, well, what do you 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 ever get tired of that smell of dampness? It's a kind of kind of a creepy smell. Anyway, uh, I don't know. Come on,
1: yeah, (laughs) 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 come on, let's go, let's go here, whatever.
0: (laughs) And it really makes you feel sort of disarmed by him. I think where he's like clearly a weird nerd, but he feels so relatable and kind. Yeah, early on, that I think if you're watching this, you'd be like, "I, I, I think that decision is." So you don't think he's killing people? Like you right. think he's a weird baby's like mama's boy who like feels the need to clean up af- after his mother?
1: Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I knew like from the get go like what the twist of the movie is and whatever. It's impossible to live in in a society and not you know like. Have heard to this, not yeah. have heard all of this stuff and seen it referenced everywhere and whatever um but still like when i saw it was a woman i was like oh maybe it's somebody else you know what i mean like i oh, i yeah. knew it's norman bates as the killer <laughs> and when i saw the woman i was like oh maybe it's the mom you know yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. i knew he was the killer and then <laughs> i was thrown off the scent <laughs> Um, yeah, uh,
0: when I first watched it, when I was like, in high school, I had no fucking idea. Uh, it was mm-hmm. so surprising. It was one of the first movies after like The Sixth Sense, you know, that had like a twist ending. I was like, oh right. wow, holy shit, <laughs> she's dead the whole time. So gross. And Dude, I think I'm fascinated
1: by this. By the way, they made sequels. <laughs>
0: Oh, don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they made sequels?
0: Those movies are insane. <laughs> oh,
1: wow. What happens? Have you seen the other ones?
0: Yeah, yeah. I've seen, um, I think I've only, I might have seen two, but I've definitely seen three.
1: <laughs> three is the one that he directed. Yeah. Anthony Perkins directed. It
0: gets very strange <laughs> because they become stupid slashers. Uh huh. Um, you know, eighties slashers.
1: Right. 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 Um,
0: and his performance just gets, you know, more and more over the top. Right. (laughs) Uh, they're very funny. Oh, wow! I can't remember exactly what happens, but he's, there's, there's four of them, or I guess there's three sequels. There's up to psycho four where, um, I think that one's like made for TV. I haven't seen that one.
1: I'm fascinated by this,
0: (laughs) (laughs) but two is, um, two is i think maybe really sad because it's uh it like takes itself a little seriously mm-hmm. um and it doesn't really work very well obviously because it's in color and it he's like <laughs> older and he's like a dad i think uh it's really stupid Oof. it's supposed to be like 22 years later Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm better now. I've started a family, and then his like mom starts talking to him again. So it just like oh, works. Great like a, <laughs> works like a regular slasher, of course. Um, but yeah, it's it's no Hitchcock movie, <laughs> that's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> because the thing is like. You wouldn't make Norman the main character of this movie. He's the Mm -hmm. sort of, like, menacing... Like, once you know he's, like, cleaning up after his mom, there's this sort of, like, anytime he's on screen, you don't know what he's going to do. And he starts, like, being this weird caged animal where at any moment he could be doing his mother's bidding or something or his weird mom can pop out from around a corner.
1: But, yeah, it's it's not like there's any stone unturned with him by the end of the movie that, like... (laughs) <laughs> that makes you think, like, oh, well,
0: Let's explore you know, what would this. happen if, yeah. <laughs> like,
1: this happened to him, you know? <laughs>
0: like, what if he tried to go straight?
1: Yeah, what if, like, a different kind of person had come in? You know, it's, there's not really enough to think about.
0: <laughs> right. But, you know, if you can cash in, you right. gotta cash in. Of course. Uh, and I think he just really liked playing that character. Mm-hmm. Um because it's a really interesting character, so I think and good was for him. Like, he did a sure. great
1: job. He he should you know whatever art is for the people. Like do with it what you want. Like
0: <laughs> for sure, it's a. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I feel like this movie. I my one of my earliest memories of this movie is my mo- my grandmother saying that she, I should never watch it. Mm. Like she saw it in the theater <laughs> and was so scared. She told me a story of like when my mother was born. She right. like. Was so scared that she would like be too afraid to get up out of her bed in the middle of the night to pick up the baby. So she like throw a bottle into the crib. <laughs> oh God!
1: That reminds me of um, I heard Henry Rollins tell a story once about seeing The Exorcist for the first time, and like it was treating it a similar way, where it's like a scary movie where he'd like go and tell his friends like you you must never see this movie, do not ever <laughs> see it, it's too scary.
0: Henry and, like, Rollins about Psycho.
1: About uh, uh, The Exorcist. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so they're like leaving the theater, and like people are like helping each other to their cars and being like, just make sure you get home safe. Call me when you get there, (laughs) you know, like everyone just make sure you're okay. And the experience difference between seeing that and then going to see it again at a black theater and like hearing people just like roast the movie the whole time.
0: (laughs) And this kind of feels like
1: the same sort of thing where like I could totally imagine seeing this in a black theater and being like, this is so stupid.
0: Oh <laughs> man, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, it 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 caused. I think like I think it caused the. I mean, it's responsible for the rest of horror. I think of course for the next yeah. fucking sixty years, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I think it's. I think it still really holds up. I think it's I think it does. Super yes. fun. Like there's and knocks. it's
1: beautifully shot. It's, oh yeah, it's really gorgeous. Like some of the sets are wild. Like the um the scene where she's like asleep in the car and the cop comes up and they like mm-hmm. like they're like off in the corner of the screen just to show you this like huge mountain that she's near. It's mm-hmm.
0: wild. <laughs> yeah, and then like, the close up of the cop's face. Mm-hmm. It's a big ugly face. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then there's all these fun like little inventions. Of like she's driving, and then you hear like the voiceover of maybe what she's imagining is happening. Like her boss being like, "Tell her to come in, bitch.
1: Where'd she go? She left with the fucking money.
0: (laughs) Tell her to come into work. Tell her, call her up right now. She, yeah, she better be sick or whatever." And then like her like little wry smile like forming as she's like thinking about how she fucked them over.
1: Never, you'll never find me.
0: Yeah, and then I'm not
1: sick at all. in and fact like, i feel great
0: and at the time i think that was like a little confusing for people like they're, is that what they really said or is that how right. would she know you know um but there's a ton of little inventions that i think gets across the tone and the and the the tension of the story without bashing over the head over it with it um yeah and it's it's honestly pretty scary in places still if, if you watch this at night you know alone like you could probably freak yourself out a little you know just mm-hmm. not knowing when the beats of like,
1: yeah, I was gonna say like the the stabbing and stuff isn't scary, but what's what is is like the tension, like the way that it builds yeah. the tension is very good.
0: Like when when the pi when the pi um is trying to find the mom's room, and mm-hmm. then just like all of a sudden, right there, about to be killed, it's pretty intense. Uh, I think it still really works. I think it's yeah, a they, great don't, movie. they don't
1: call him the master of suspense for nothing.
0: <laughs> and I think that this movie is uh one uh, probably his best movie maybe like in terms of just like being a I don't know if it's like my favorite of his but just in terms of Mm -hmm. like having an idea and then like never letting up and like there's no real like faltering or like long drawn out boring parts or talking it's sort of all in service of the story and the tension and figuring out what's going on uh and trying to solve this mystery um until the literally almost the last shot. I guess I would say in retrospect as like a a viewer from the future, it is like totally unnecessary to have the psychiatrist at the end. <laughs>
1: yeah, ridiculous. It really just feels like like he lost like he doesn't have faith in the audience to be like, "Oh, I get it." You right. know, like You could have the the psychiatrist just have him say, like, one thing, you know? Just Mm -hmm. like, oh, look, he snapped after his mother died. And you fill in the rest, (laughs) you know? You don't need him to say all
0: that. Right. But, I mean, it's very possible that in 1960 people would have been pissed and, like, Mm -hmm. would have told everybody, like, it doesn't make any sense or something. Like, you never know. But, like, now it feels like you're being handheld. Mm -hmm. Like, absolutely. But you could have just cut straight to, like... You could have just stri- cut straight to Norman staring into the camera with his like mom's voice in his head, you know, like they think I'm an old lady or whatever, you know. Like I would not have. Right. Yes, 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 yes. That like, would have
1: been the way to do it.
0: Yeah, that you just need that you've got you got it. But, you know, I would say that's like the biggest like the only thing in this movie that really feels dated is just holding mm-hmm. your hand through like the concept at the very end. But other right. than that, it feels like you could make this exact movie today like fucking um you know the guy who did your next or the guy who did a kid detective could make this exact movie and it would right. be like fresh and great i think
1: i would say there maybe is like an incongruity between like the the beginning and the the like the first half and the second half where like there is a lot of stuff around her stealing the money where like by the end of it you're like why did we spend all that time like <laughs> With her like getting out of town and like seeing her boss and like she's like trading in her car and the cop is following her and you're like all that shit for it to ultimately be like and anyway the money's at the bottom of the swamp who cares now we have a murderer to deal with
0: <laughs> right that's true I think it I think it's it kind a, of
1: feels like he didn't have enough movie for Psycho and so he was like well let's add another one to it <laughs> just a little bit more
0: yeah or if, I think it just I I think it, I always took it as it was supposed to be like a fake out. Like, mm-hmm. you you go into this movie being like, it's psycho, what could it be? And then it's like, okay, this lady is a psycho for stealing, you know, money and sleeping with people out of wedlock yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. And, like, and, yeah. this,
1: maybe this man's ex-wife is a psycho for divorce raping him.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, or maybe this guy is a psycho, but then all of a sudden it's the mom who's the psycho. You know, like, I feel right, like it's right, just right. trying to fake you out the whole time, which, yes, you're right, like, is now basically a cheap trick you know Yeah,
1: who was the psycho in the end <laughs>
0: <laughs> who was the psycho it's like, really it's
1: like bicycle thieves
0: <laughs> <laughs> who was the bicycle psycho this time aren't
1: we all psychos really doesn't capitalism make us all a psycho in the end
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the message of psycho <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah i think we both recommend it it's yeah still, for sure still a great movie great. one of the all-time great movies um love it Okay, uh, so next week we will continue Hitchcock Week by watching, well... Maybe, l- we don't let's know. Not let's, let's, let's not Let's, let's not show in, our cards
1: too soon. Let's keep
0: you in suspense, actually, yeah, for Hitchcock. like the one. master
1: would do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, otherwise, thank you so much for listening to Generation Loss. This has been me, Bryn. Uh, you can follow me at Kino You can follow Jeremy at Jeremy Thunder on Twitter. Uh, you can... Uh, follow the show at Jen Loss Pod. You can listen to my other show, B P Lettuce, Jeremy's other show. I don't know if we're saying that Ball and Out Super. You should you should listen to Ball and Out Super anyway. Whether it's a good show, he, it is a good show. Uh, but yeah, all the things you can all go to Patreon dot com slash Generation Loss for another episode weekly where we talk about the movie news and all kinds of other stuff.
1: Oh yeah, this week we'll be talking about. Um, uh, a horror comedy movie about a journalist who kills mean internet commenters. Yeah, uh, but the
0: the Blue Check Killer is what that yeah. movie's about, I guess. So, yeah, let us uh, ramble on about that stuff and we will see you in the Discord. Lost my shit.